When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda Time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented as always by DraftKings. Love this podcast. Love that it's growing. Whether that's YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, or just those of you that check us out on the audio format, which is amazing. You know why it's growing? Because Emery's awesome, and Emery's winning his bets. And Emery tells you about prospects you've never heard of before they even get signed and before they're scoring touchdowns in NFL games. I'm just Ross Tuck. I'm really just here to set up my man. I'm just throwing oops. I just throw oops to Emery, and then he just slams them home. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. You can follow me there. And then really, at Ross Tucker Pod, highly recommend, whether you're on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, follow that. And you'll see the highlight clips of the different shows. The Emory I speak of is, of course, Emory Hunt at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. He also has the very popular YouTube channel, Football Game Plan. And my favorite draft guide, the draft guide I use because I like knowing all the guys that are undrafted free agents. I like knowing the tryout players for the Eagles and other teams. Nobody has as many players as Emory footballgameplan.com slash 2024 draft guide. He is the man, one of the few people that I think rivals me in terms of work ethic and love and passion for the sport of football. It's funny, Emery, I was even saying, and you'll appreciate this, on today's Ross Tucker football podcast, I love the international series. Like I love these games in Germany because it warms my heart to see all these German folks enjoying American football. And I said, Emery, it's like it's like when I brought my college buddies back to Pennsylvania over one of the breaks, you know, like Thanksgiving break or whatever, and we went to GNA Pizza, which I think is the best pizza in the world, and they had a bite, and they're like, this is really good. I'm like, I told you. I told you it's the best pizza. Like, they're drinking Yingling. They're like, you're right. This is, yes, it is. Like, like you take pride in things that are like from where you're from that other people haven't experienced, and then they do, and they get to they, they open up their eyes. So anyway, I love the international series. I'm pretty sure you probably do too. Yeah, and, and listen, I, I do a, a couple of podcasts over on CBS Sports um, YouTube channel, and I told people don't worry about the fields over there in Germany, how we worry about the fields in Europe because watching the European League of American football all spring and summer, you know about Munich, 
Ravens, you knew about the Ryan Fire, you knew about, you know, Hamburg, Sea Devils, you knew about all this, all of these teams, Frankfurt Galaxy. So I knew the, they, they operate mostly with grass fields over there. I knew the grass was going to be fine. And, and But that shows you why it's cool to, to really kind of dive into a little bit of everything football-wise because you already can understand what's ahead uh, coming down the pike. So, yeah, me watching European football um, all spring and summer kind of let me know that, hey, the field is going to be good, the game's going to be competitive because you don't have to worry about bad football fields in Germany because they've been playing American football for a long time over there. It's awesome. Um, speaking of awesome, Emery, you were 3-1 and one last week with your bets here on the College Draft Podcast. You took Utah and the nine points against Washington. They covered. You took Missouri getting a point and a half against Tennessee, and they dominated the Vols outright. How about that guy, by the way? Who is that guy? A D2 guy from Truman State that's, like, dominating the SEC? What's his name? Kobe Schrader? Cody Schrader, man, was outstanding at Truman State. And we talked about this last show, how he got up to speed uh, this year, even though he was on the team last year and played well. But this year, you start to really see him just start to really kick it into a high gear uh, with Missouri. Just awesome to see, man. It's like one of my favorite things about the transfer portal is these guys that were playing D2. D2 is good ball. And these guys able to get a shot at FBS Power 5 and show that they can play there as well. I think I mentioned it with the receiver for Rutgers last week from Cal PA in the PSAC. Mm -hmm. And then I was very skeptical, Emery, I got to be honest with you, of you laying 10.5 with the Georgia Bulldogs against Ole Miss, the way Ole Miss had been playing, the way Ole Miss had been scoring, to lay 10.5 and the hook, Georgia just blew them out. Georgia, especially at home, that Kentucky game, that Ole Miss game, you're not beating them at home. That's not happening. Nah, and even I said this game was going to look a lot like the Florida-Georgia game, and it did. You know, Ole Miss came out with a spark, and then Georgia just slowly started to choke them out over the course of four quarters. It was just impressive to see. Again, point of attack play. If you can't compete there, you're never going to beat Georgia. And – uh, we'll talk a little bit later in the show because Georgia has a big one this week against Tennessee about Ladd McConkey. But Georgia got Brock Bowers back, which was really good to see. Number nineteen back out there. I think that says a little something about him, Emery. Look, I don't, I don't know. Knowing what I know now, I don't know if I would have done that if I were him. Right? Like he's going to be a top ten pick probably. He's already won two national championships. Do I think I would have had the tightrope surgery to get back sooner to try to play more games for Georgia this year? I don't know. I mean, I think if I was 20, I would have thought, yes, I want to do that. But if Brock Bauer's dad was me, which, by the way, I'm old enough to be his dad, I guess, since I'm 44, I would have said, listen, you can come back, man, but like, let's talk, let's talk pros and cons here. Let's talk upside, downside. But he just loves it. I mean, he's the most country boy uh, kid from Napa Valley I've ever seen in my life talking with him. So anyway, he loves it. The only one that didn't hit Emory, you had Penn State getting four and a half. Unbelievable. I mean, they did like seven tries inside the five-yard line, and they don't score a touchdown. 
Um, it was so bad they fired their offensive coordinator the day after the game. That's bad. That, that's what you, I mean, you fire the OC after the game, it's bad. Too much talent to lay eggs like they did against Ohio State and Michigan. How do you score like 60 points against everybody? They, like, Iowa is 8-2. and two. Penn State beat them 31-0. West Virginia's pretty good. Penn State killed them. Maryland is 6-4 and four or whatever. Penn State beat them like 61. Like, how does that happen? I don't know, man. And it's, it was just bizarre to see how much of the playbook was closed uh, against both of these top 10 teams. And James Franklin's going to continue to have to answer those questions about him versus top 10 teams. And it's a shame because I was all over Penn State in the spring in terms of being a national championship contender and being in the college football playoff. All they had to do was split one of these big games between Ohio State and Michigan, get into the Big Ten championship game, and who knows what goes on from there. But, man, to lay an egg offensively in both games because the defense, I thought, came ready to play in both of these ball games. And offensively, with all of that talent, that offensive line, those weapons at receiver, and that, that depth in the backfield, nothing. Em- embarrassing. I agree with you. Really disappointing, really surprising. Uh, everybody, I, I live here in Central Pennsylvania. Everybody thought this was the year, right? They had like everybody back from last year, for the most part, with the exception of Clifford. But everybody thought Drew Aller, five-star, number one ranked quarterback in the country. That okay, we got the quarterback. And some games he looks great. Other games, I, I don't know what I don't know what's going on there. I really don't. I know this much though: if you want to go to the game tonight, because I'm going to be there right after Emory and I are done recording, I'm driving up to Buffalo. Going to be in the booth with Kevin Harlan Emery, the man for the Bills and the Broncos. Boy, this is a big game. The Broncos win, and it's like they're back in the mix. Bills lose, and they might be making changes. They might be making coaching changes. If you're going to go to that game or really any game, I can't highly recommend enough the Game Time app. It's the only app that I have on my phone for tickets because I love it, because there's a guarantee in terms of price, and because you can actually see the vantage points from your seats. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code DRAFT, D-R-A-F-T, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. So again, create an account, redeem code DRAFT for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And let's dive into these games. Big one for Louisville. Louisville's in the top 10. Louisville only has one loss and it was to Pitt, right? Yeah, wild uh, game they lost that they should have blown Pitt out, I believe. And it was like, wow. That, it, to me, that was the gimme of the week, and I lost that one in a parlay. Uh, just like, how you lose? That is unbelievable. They, I mean, Pitt hasn't beaten any. Pitt's having a terrible year. Haven't beaten anybody. That's unbelievable they lost that game. Yeah, it, it's shocking. But that's why I like this one here against Miami because not only Miami's coming off of a big injury uh, at quarterback and they had to go back to Tyler Van Dyke, but Louisville quietly finds himself firmly in the mix for a New Year's Six Bowl game. Um, and no one could have seen this coming from Louisville earlier in the summer. And so it's been impressive to see these guys here uh, and what they've been able to do uh, this year. So I'm, I'm going to lay these points with Louisville. I feel like they're catching Miami at the right time. There's two offensive line prospects to keep an eye on. Willie Tyler of Louisville and Matthew Lee of Miami. I feel like that's what you could focus. I know we could talk about Jack Plummer and all those guys, 
um, and Tyler Van Dyke. We talked about quarterbacks a lot, but I think these two offensive linemen are definitely uh, what you want to focus on going into this ball game. So I do have a question for you. Whatever happened to Van Dyke? I, I thought like two years ago, definitely last year, people were talking about like first round pick. Listen, Ross, and if you notice online, people do that a lot, right? A quarterback completes a, a nice little in route um, with no pressure, steps up in the pocket, gets that third hitch, and then fires a dart to a wide open in route. Twitter goes crazy, right? It's all of a sudden, it's, hey, man, that was a good throw to, oh, yeah, he's, you know, could be a first round pick. I have him as QB1. I have him as the best quarterback since Andrew Luck. Like, everybody goes crazy over a wide open deep dig route uh, that they fire in there. So I wasn't that type. I have um, always maintained the proper perspective on Tyler Van Dyke. And again, that's the reason why when you are evaluating prospects, you got to see the whole movie through. It's like going to a Marvel movie. You stay till through the end, right? See the whole thing through, come up with a better evaluation. So when you do put your take out there, it's able to sustain and hold its ground a la Keaton Mitchell. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get to that at the end. What about um what about that plumber? So he he was Aiden O'Connell's backup at Purdue, is that right? I believe so. Then he transferred to Cal. Um and then he had that what everyone seems to have a just a bonus five years of eligibility, you know, went to Louisville and has performed well there. I thought he was a little bit uh the, the game I watched early in the season, um, I felt like he was a little bit too hot and cold, like very streaky, but they ended up winning the game anyway. And he's kind of rang that in and is really well down the stretch. So Emery's taking Louisville, laying the point and a half. You're right. Like at some point there will be a 30 for 30 on these extra college years these guys all got. When they're like in their 30s or 40s, they're going to be so happy. They're like, man, thank God I didn't have to get a real job till I was 25. <laughs> you know? Thank God I got a chance to just stay in college till I was 24. It's unbelievable. Um, let's talk Georgia, Tennessee. Georgia is laying 10 points in this one, Emory. Lay At Tennessee, by the way. Lay the points with Georgia. That, that's easy, right? Lay the points with Georgia. Um, they they have their sights set on Atlanta and taking on Alabama. That's going to be the matchup they're focused on. They're not going to stub their toe against Tennessee. Now, it will be fun to watch Joe Milton throw the ball all throughout the game, but Georgia, to me, is a team that really is consistent on – both sides of the line of scrimmage. So with that being a backdrop, they'll easily cover this ball game. It, it may not be the fast uh, cover that we've seen. Like some people may play, you could probably double up and play both sides of first half total um, uh, point spread and then, you know, total game point spread and, and make out like a bandit because they're going to win by 10 points. They're just so good on defense. They're so good up front and they can play any type of game you want. Carson Beck is playing really well. Um, in the passing game, which ties to Lab McConkey, and it's you know it's just about we talked about him in the in the summer, I believe, or early in the yeah, in the, you know, and people are shocked that he's this he's been this good. He was this good throughout the whole Stetson Bennett era. Like he is someone that is explosive out of his break. He's get he's getting deeper down the field, um, and he does a great job of accelerating when he's tracking the ball. And I feel like defensive backs always underestimate his explosiveness you know yeah they know he's someone that's quick but they don't realize how fast he is until they're chasing him when he's chasing the ball and to me that's the mark of someone that's a true 
threat. I remember I threw out the the stylistic comp of uh uh the former Chargers receiver, um Lance Allworth. That's what yeah. he reminds me of. Just like Bambi. He's just explosive, he's quick, he has those springs, and he gets open. Now, in this game, I don't expect to see Cabal Hayton lined up on him because he's a physical guy. They're not gonna put McConkey on the outside to where he's exposed to that physicality that Hayden brings. Hayden's a really good corner. Love how he plays. And if he can hold down one side while they can roll cover toward McConkey, it gives him a shot defensively. But uh, it's going to be a really good game for Georgia. But there's a ton of prospects to watch. Well, there certainly is. Um, Tennessee, boy, I was surprised that Missouri took. You almost wonder if Tennessee was looking ahead to Georgia a little bit in that one, Emory. Probably, but it's weird because Missouri was ranked in the top 15 and just came off of playing Georgia extremely well. So if you're Tennessee and you overlook them, that's a you problem. Let's talk Washington at Oregon State. Is this really a pick em? Yep. I'm surprised by that. This is a pick em. I would have thought Washington State would be um, favored in this one. I mean, I'm sorry, Washington would be favoring this one the way they've been playing this year, undefeated. But this would be the game they would lose, by the way. Like, <laughs> this is the way college football works. Like, at Oregon State, with that O-line, like, that that would absolutely be the game that they would lose. What do you think, Emery? You know why? is because no one trusts their defense. And if you are able to control the point of attack, which Oregon State can with their run game, this is a game where you could really make this a you could shrink possessions and force Washington to maximize theirs while if you're Oregon State, you lean on that run game. You're just trying to churn clock and burn clock and just hope that DJ Uwe Ungalale hits about four or five passes to keep the drive moving or maybe put one in the end zone. But and, and to be completely honest, you could probably trust Oregon State's defense more than Washington's defense at this point. Uh so I can understand why it's a pick'em. It's a true toss-up. Now, obviously, Washington has a more explosive offense, but, man, if you only got so many possessions because your defense can't stop the run, can't get off the field, and, and they're scoring, I mean, Utah gave Oregon State the blueprint. And if you're Oregon State, you got to be licking your chops going up against this defense that you know you're not going to put the ball in there 40 times a game. You're going to put the ball in the belly of one of these backs 40 times a game, and that's um, Deshaun Fenwick, who – can run the heck out of the football for Oregon State. I just love the way he runs. Their backup is even good, too. So there's there's depth there at Oregon State. Now, Washington has Dylan Johnson, who is a fantastic tailback. I know he's on the senior bowl watch list, but Washington lists him as a junior. He could come out now that, you know, the all-star games, accepting under – I can't keep up no more, bro. Like, just wake me up when it's April 28th, 26th, first round of the draft. We'll see who there who, – who shows up, right? But Dylan Johnson's a fantastic tailback. Um, and Fenwick and the, the, the depth that they have at Oregon State. It's going to make this a great game if you love to scout running backs. I feel like it will come down to the running back. And I also feel like we will see Oregon State pull off the upset. Got it. And I just pulled it up, Emory, and Oregon State's now getting a point. So it doesn't, doesn't mean much for you, but right. you'll take Oregon State and the point. I would agree. I think that they will pull off the upset as well. Just like I agree that when the clock stops on this podcast, that is time to order in with DoorDash. Pizza cravings hit at halftime of the game you're watching? 
ordering time. If you're dreaming about tacos during a timeout, boom, they're on your doorstep. Wait, you want burgers, chips, dips, drinks, and wings instead? Even better. Order on DoorDash and get everything you want delivered without missing a minute of the game. Emery, we're heading into the fourth quarter, by the way, of the show. In football, the fourth quarter is where the magic happened. It's where games are won, where champions are made. In business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub, to give sales reps the deal-making tools they need to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to-do list in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time. And smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com slash sales. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we got the playoffs starting in D2, and I think D3 or does D3 have one more week? No, it's, uh, both D2 and D3 start this week in playoffs. Okay, and then we got one more week till FCS. Correct. But D2, D3, all right. Ferris State at Grand Valley State. You got somebody in this game to keep an eye on, Emery? Yeah, listen, this is one of my favorite rivalries to watch, the Anchor Bone Classic. These two teams go back and forth. They're usually two top teams in the GLIAC. Um, and when you talk about Ferris State, you talk about the reigning national champions at the Division II level, and to get your rival in a playoff game, uh, we saw Ferris State knock Grand Valley State out the playoffs last year. So this game is going to be insane in terms of crowd, in terms of atmosphere. Kate Peterson, quarterback for Grand Valley State, is a tremendous quarterback. He's a tough dude, dual threat, um, but just he plays above the X's and O's. He is someone, in my opinion, should be in a postseason all-star game uh, come January because he is excellent, makes great decisions with the ball. He's someone that can just take off and run, runs a, a physical brand too. Um, it, it's it's going to be fun to see how Ferris State is able to uh, rebound after the loss they got to Grand Valley. Grand Valley being like 49-24. So it's going to be a good game to watch, but keep an eye on Katie Peterson. Remember, you heard it first. Wait a minute. Grand Valley beat Ferris State that bad earlier in the season? Yes. Wow. I didn't know that. Um, let's talk a little bit, Emery. About Keaton Mitchell, because I we might have mentioned before, I'm watching him. Man, he is an angle eraser, like erasing angles. And it wasn't this past summer you talked about him. It was the summer before going into his last year. What ended up being his last year, East Carolina. You were all over him. My favorite, Emery, is that going into the draft, you had him as one of your top five running backs. He didn't get drafted. By the way, for some unknown reason, do we have any idea why he didn't get drafted? I think he had an injury, maybe, and uh, people and people, scouts, and also people on Twitter were worried about his size. He was only one seventy nine or whatnot, but as if you can't gain weight, as if that matters. Guess what? It doesn't matter how much you weigh if they can't touch you. 
and they couldn't touch him. It's so funny, Emery. You were the only one that had him as a top five running back. You were the only one. I can't believe he wasn't drafted. But, like, he has brought some legitimate juice now to that Ravens offense. Take a bow, man. Hey, man, listen. And here's the thing. Gibbs was my number one. B. John was my number two. I want to say Deuce Vaughn, who got some action against the Cow- with the Cowboys, it was number three. Then Spears. you had Tajay Spears to four, and then Mitchell five. And people All five thought, of those guys are contributors for their teams. And impact players, man, because they're explosive. And that's what's the biggest thing I was take, I was looking at when I was grading their film is the explosiveness. Size be damned. Size is not a skill. You can't hit what you can't catch. You can't hurt what you can't touch. And all of those guys right there have that ability to erase angles, to make the home run from anywhere on the field, to make defenders miss in the phone booth. So that's more important than anything. It's a game of can you make a tackle or can you break a tackle? And those guys are able to break tackles from not even being touched. And when you compare a Keaton Mitchell with a Lamar Jackson, you're going to get a lot of runs like you saw so far in the last two weeks from guys like that. That's what they were missing. That's why I was wondering why in the hell he didn't have any other touches in the second half. Uh, maybe he was banged up. Maybe he was on the pitch count, whatever. Find a way to get him the football. So, yes, I will take a ball, but guys got to understand. I don't throw stuff out there just for take sake. A lot of it's well-researched. It's because I watched a lot of film. And I feel confident in those takes, whether they come hit right away or it's a delayed effect. Trust in what I say. Yeah, I mean, he's had he's been in and out with hamstring injuries a little bit, I think. Uh, which I feel like hamstring. Like I feel like the faster you are, the more hamstring injuries you get. I don't know Bingo. what the deal is there. The other point I wanted to make is just watching Josh Dobbs out there and what he's doing for the Vikings. And honestly, my thought, Emery, when I see Dobbs out there. Because he didn't play at all like the first four years, right? He was like backup or third. How many other guys could do it if they really got a chance? Like if they really got an opportunity. It's one reason why XFL, uh, USFL, all these other leagues are so important. CFL, because some of these guys, they just need a little bit of an opportunity to show what they can do at the professional level. Check him out on social at FBall Game Plan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for tuning in to College Draft. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and Fantasy Feast, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.